Podcast from Aberdeen Investment Trusts. Welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in. I'm Cherry Reynard. With me today are Bruce Stout and Martin Conahan of the Murray International to give an update on performance and the outlook for the months ahead. Uh, welcome both of you. Bruce, could we start with you and just give an overview of the trust performance over the past six months, if you could? Over the last six months, when we actually look at the net asset value of the trust, it's been relatively stable. It's pretty much unchanged. Um, that's despite the, the the fact that the market's been up and down, risk aversion's been on and off all the time. Um, but we have been relatively stable. What has been noticeable is that the trust has gone from a 5% premium around about April, March to a 5% discount today. Uh, so that's affected the, the, the share price, although, as I said, the net value has been relatively stable. And is there anything you'd highlight in terms of areas that have performed well or areas that have performed badly? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been quite a an up and down period um we had a lot of strength in in sort of miners and cyclical businesses as as people became more hopeful that the pandemic was easing and then there's been quite a lot of a sell off in those areas when when the delta variant um came along in the sort of july august september period so um sentiment really moving around all over the place but as I say, on a on a point-to-point basis, the net asset value has been relatively stable. Okay, thanks, Bruce. Looking under under the skin a bit, Martin, if we could. So what's been the picture on kind of earnings and dividends for the companies in the portfolio? And also, how does that compare to the wider market? Um, I think the, with regards to the dividends, first of all, um, in the trust and, and in the market, uh, the story is one of, uh, your recovery um, and improvement. Dividends have been coming back uh, most strongly where there was most disruption last year, um, and that was in the UK and Europe. Uh, dividends in the second quarter were up um, over 60% in both the UK and Europe year on year um, in the second quarter, and that really just been driven, or a huge amount of that growth being driven by the reinstatement of cancelled um, and delayed dividends from the prior year, um, in addition to some quite large special dividends uh, coming from uh, the miners. In other parts of the globe, you know, dividends have been solid, but with less growth, just as a result of there being less disruption there the prior year. So dividends were up uh, 5% in the second quarter. Um, in North America, and um, we're basically flat in Japan, again, just driven by the, the resilience there from the, the prior year. So that's fed through um, into the, the, the trust. Um, and I guess in earnings, that too has seen a you know, recovery um, story. I guess the main question mark that we see at the moment uh, is where we really go from here um, on the earnings front, because you know the market has been a bit more volatile and a bit weaker more recently, um, and the market quite rightly has some concerns around you know where revenue growth and where earnings go towards the end of the year into next year, as these you know supply chain constraints etc. seem to be uh, you know weighing on market sentiment for perhaps longer than was initially um, anticipated. So earnings and dividends um, improving but certainly perhaps a question mark over earnings from here. 
Okay, great. Um, and sticking with you, Martin, if we could, um, have you made any notable changes to the fund's positioning over the past six months? Uh, past six months, uh, we have made some changes to the positioning, but not as many as the prior year. Um, we sold out of Auckland Airport um, in the early part of the year. Um, it had rebounded quite nicely, but you know, still faces uncertainty with regards to air travel. And it's a business where to date the dividend hasn't come back. So we, we did sell out of that stock. Uh, we also sold out of Japan Tobacco earlier in the year. Um, continuing the theme of uh, reducing that tobacco exposure in the trust. And we sold out of Bayer, uh, the German pharmaceutical and specialty chemical company. Uh, just on concerns that Roundup and the litigation surrounding the, the weed killer Roundup was going to continue to weigh on the stock and distract management. Um, on the other side of those, uh, we initiated a position in the Canadian midstream company, Enbridge, which transports huge amounts of natural gas all over the, the continent of North America. Very solid business model, very solid revenues, uh, and very attractive levels of dividend and attractive levels of growth in that dividend. So Enbridge was one of the new businesses uh, that we put in. And then just before the end of the, the half year, we put in two new uh, pharmaceutical holdings. We put in Bristol Myers in the United States um, in Sanofi in France. Um, and just really attracted by the, uh, the valuation of both companies. But again, both of them having an attractive level of yield and solid growth in dividend. So that would be a summary of the, the activity during the, the first six months for the trust. OK, thank you, Martin. Bruce, if we could turn back to you. Um... Where do you see as the most kind of exciting areas of growth in the global economy today? You know, whether that's sectors or regions, um, how are you seeing it? I think um, the, the so-called developed world has um, already enjoyed quite a bit of a, a bounce in anticipation that the, the pandemic is, or pandemic problems are easing. We've certainly seen that in Europe and North America uh, and to some extent in the UK. But I guess... We're more focused on Asia for next year. I think Asia's been delayed slightly because of the Delta wave and because of the resurgence of, of cases, which have caused further isolation and lockdowns. But um, that really just postpones it to next year. And we think Asia, next year will be, should be good for earnings uh, and dividends um, in Asia and emerging markets next year and the year beyond. Um, in terms of sectors, and we're going to come on to the issue of inflation, I think, shortly, but... Uh, we have been really focusing more on, on real assets um, because we do believe that there are some uh, developments on the inflation front which may not be pleasant for some of the sectors and areas that have done well over the last 10 years. So real assets for us are things like pipelines, property, industrials, and even into the, the minerals such as iron ore, lithium, and, and of course oil and gas. And we would also you know, put telecom networks in there as well because a lot of investment has gone in those businesses over the last few years and they're really beginning to benefit or will benefit from an uptick in demand, especially for data. So real assets have become increasingly a focus of the portfolio. And you, you mentioned inflation there. I mean, is that likely to be kind of the key determinant of the direction of markets in the year ahead or, or do you think i don't know u.s interest rates the dollar the virus all these other things may, may come to the fore yeah i mean they, they, all these things that you mentioned are, are very important um in terms of the direction of, of um, financial markets but 
The thing that is quite interesting at the moment um, is that a lot of policymakers and politicians are maintaining the view that the inflationary pressures that we're seeing at the moment are, are, are transitory, although there's no actual evidence for that. It's probably more wishful thinking. Um, what we do have in reality is a significant increase in, in things like energy prices of oil and gas. Um, and that's before the world has actually emerged from a pandemic because there's still lots of areas that are struggling. So the reasons for, for those things are, are, are under investment over the last few years, uh, supply disruptions, as Martin's already mentioned. Um, but we also have a changing geopolitical climate where less globalization, more tariffs, and more rigidity in the flow of goods and services. And, and these are all actually inflationary. The question is, if the retail price index stays above 4 or 5% in the UK uh, for the next six months or so, what, what starts getting factored in to wage negotiations? And, and I think that may be one of the, the biggest challenges for markets, or certain sectors of the market anyway, over the next uh, year or year and a half, and that is how it digests some rather unpleasant inflation numbers. And how are you handling that in the portfolio? Is that a question of looking for companies that have pricing power, for example? Uh, well, again, um, companies that have pricing power is always advantageous, and, and companies will tell you they've got pricing power, but you're never really sure if they do or not until the event. But it goes back to the issue of real assets that we talked about earlier, um, because companies that, that, that have real assets tend to be in a, a relatively strong position in an inflationary environment. The other issue about inflation is, is, is what happens to very expensive growth stocks that ha are, have valuations or current valuations that are kind of based on the perpetuity of low interest rates and low inflation that we've seen for the last decade. And should that change, then perhaps you ha we have to be very careful about some sectors of the market that look overpriced. So, yeah, I mean, we, we look through businesses on an individual basis. Um, but, you know, when you get a general rise in inflation, it's difficult to avoid input costs or labour costs. If you can pass them through, great. But um, you know, it will be a much a much tougher business environment probably in the next year or two years than than we've had in the in the previous five. Okay, thanks. And one final question for you, Bruce, which is about the gearing on the trust. So, what level is that at today, and and what does that say about your sort of relative optimism or pessimism? I'm not really sure that it, it is a barometer of optimism or pessimism in terms of the the gearing. And we use bonds to de-gear the trust when equities are expensive and uh, when, when bonds are expensive relative to equities, we go back the other way. Um, so it's more a function of, of what is the most attractive asset. And um, last year, I think, as you know, Martin and myself and Sam divested quite a lot of our, our bonds during the difficult period because we could get yield and dividend growth uplift from reinvesting back into equities. So the trust went from 94% geared sort of at the beginning of last year and is now 101% into equities. So we're more geared into equities. It's probably more a function of bonds looking less attractive than equities rather than um, seeing equities are really attractive. Um, but, but we're always looking for opportunities and some of the bonds that we owned had got very expensive and that's why we, we divested them. Okay, thank you. And then just finally, over to you, Martin, to 
talk a bit about the outlook for the next 12 months, you know, any any key themes you see in markets and uh, sort of running through the portfolio? Um, I guess given, given all the risks that we've already, you know, highlighted, I think the outlook is the is the, the trickiest part, as it, as it always is. I don't think anybody would really be overly comfortable giving a, a detailed outlook with any, any degree of certainty. I mean, we are... We are comfortable that we and, and, and are hopeful that we can continue to, you know, repair uh, on the income side as it relates to the trust. And that ultimately the best way for us to, um, you know, try and uh, negotiate the uncertainty um, as we go forward as, as via the diversification in, in the trust. So, you know, there's been new companies that have came in this year. There was a lot of new companies that went in last year. And as we, as we move forward, we will always continue to look for those opportunities regardless of where the companies are listed um, because yeah at the moment you know the outlook um, and the best place to be um, is, is, is very very difficult so in our minds diversification is the best way to, to manage that for our for shareholders. Great okay thank you both so much for those thoughts today. As always there's more information about the trust at www.murray-intl.co.uk and thank you so much for tuning in. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections or estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.